Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show exists to help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Danny J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. quick announcements. First off, uh, I'm doing a lot of traveling in the next couple months, uh, probably more than uh, <laughs> I will agree to in the future, um, although I love doing it. Uh, I, the week that this comes out, I'll be speaking at AIGA Charlotte, going to bring some pep to their steps over there in the Carolina region. Uh, excited about doing that. I'm going to be going to Sweden with my boy Andrew Nyer uh, and our wives. We're going over there to uh, to do the Color Me Blank show, which is our coloring book on the walls with giant markers show at Magic City in Sweden, Stockholm. Super pumped about that. And then uh, the week after, first week of February, I'm going to go speak in New York City, which is a private event thing, and maybe I'll tell you more about that sometime. Uh, and I've got a few other dates booked in February. Um, yeah, so, you know, I might be coming to your region soon, so hopefully we can see each other and uh, you can come out for these various things. I'll try to keep you posted of where I'm going. I've got some more uh, dates in the bag coming up um, that are more open to the public, but the AIGA Charlotte one is, and uh, who knows what else could be happening. All right, also, just to let you know, three new enamel pens dropped this week 100% jazzed 
which I'm jazzed about. We did an episode uh, a few weeks ago, a week, two weeks ago, um, that was all about getting jazzed for 2018. That was kind of the uh, <laughs> that was the theme. That's the theme of this year for me. I made a pen um, that I'm really stoked about, and then I also made the kind of symbol of creative pep talk. The pencil sword is uh, now an enamel pen, so that's like the quintessential creative pep talk one. And then I also made a little guy who is a pizza wizard, and it says. Uh, pizza mystic and uh he has got he has a pizza hat and and i'm pretty and stars in his beard pretty excited about that all right you go check that out at creativepeptalk.com slash shop if you're interested let's get into today's episode okay this episode is about social media social media now you may be asking yourself why I want to do an episode on social media. Andy, you're not even a viral social media success story. You only have like a, an okay, humble following on Twitter and, a, and only uh, a healthy following on Instagram, you might say. Uh, and I'd say, you know what? You're right. You are totally right. I don't have some wild, crazy social media success story. But I would actually argue that that makes me more qualified to speak on this topic. And here's why. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> this whole episode is about changing the way, elevating the way that we think about social media and how we go about using it to our benefit. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is getting away from this idea of virality, getting away uh, from thinking about social media as um, this thing where you're only successful if you have some crazy viral uh, success. And actually, I think this type of thinking keeps us from actually using it to our advantage systematically uh, with good principles that actually work over time. Uh, and I and I think that the reason why I feel so passionate and confident about doing an episode on social media is that whatever following I have and whatever, uh, however I've built my career, like my my illustration career before I ever made a dime on Creative Pep Talk, was mostly built around social media, whether that was Tumblr or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and. I didn't need millions of followers to do that. And also, I would say that these followings are not a result of some freak lottery winning uh, feature by Instagram, you know, featuring me on one of the main accounts or whatever. They're all slowly but surely built using the principles and ideas that we're going to talk about in this episode. And, uh, and, and I feel like we're in a time right now where social media is so young that we have a ton of really terrible mindsets and ideas surrounding it that are keeping us from being successful on it. And if we're not successful on it, I really think it's going to it's gonna put a thorn in the side of our career that uh, is going to be very, very difficult to get unstuck. Uh, I think that it's in the top three things you need to be thinking about um, in your regular practice. And if you have a lot of bad mindsets, you're not going to be doing the things you need to invest the way you need to to get where you want to go. Uh, I think that it's 
not unlike, we talked about this in a past episode, this idea of elevating your uh, consciousness around something. And it's like, for me, I feel like we're farmers when it, when it comes to uh, social media. I feel like we're early days farmers that are sacrificing our uh, our metaphorical children to the gods for a good harvest. You know, we're doing all of these hokey, weird, uh, superstitious uh, stuff to somehow grab the attentions of the gods that can somehow change our lives overnight like some fairy art mother uh, in social media. When in fact... There are a lot of lessons, a lot of scientific kind of thinking, more practical, rational things that you can do that can ensure that you have the best harvest that you possibly can. You know, farmers nowadays with science. Now, let's not take it so far that we start genetically. I'm not going to go to GMOs and all that. I don't know crap about all that stuff. But I will say that we are feeding people better than we ever have fed them. Uh, and it, it's definitely preferable to me than going back in the day and sacrificing our animals and whatnot uh, to the gods for a preferable harvest. And I feel like we need to, as a creative community, elevate our consciousness beyond dealing with social media like it's some kind of slot machine and actually develop sound principles that help us Grow this thing like an investment slowly over time because I think if you can dedicate yourself to that now and the right ideas, three years into the future, you can be in a really secure, interesting place where social media actually works for you rather than being some mysterious uh, bag of mess that we don't know what to do with. This is what we're going to do in the episode. We're going to jump into uh, all these ways to rethink uh, how we think about social media, completely change the way that we think about it and just go through like myths or things that I feel like are in the way of getting your best results. And then at the end of the episode, we're gonna talk about how to put these things into practice kind of systematically so that we can slowly grow our following, so we can uh, get something profitable and positive out of social media. Because I think the number one thing I want you to leave from this episode with is that social media is not completely random. It's not meaningless. I would say that it's of the utmost importance to your career and it's and it's not completely out of your hands to be successful. I feel like so many of us feel helpless uh, in terms of our you know, social media engagement and all that jazz and that it just seems like it's in the realm of the gods uh, and whether they smiled on us that day or not. And I wanna convince you that that's not true. Give you some power in your sheath. That's like where you hold a sword, right? Uh, and uh, <laughs> empower you to go do something awesome in your social media uh, because I think it's important. So let's do it. All right, here we go. Here are the ways to completely forget about what you think about social media and relearn and elevate the way that you're thinking about it uh, so that you can get your best results. All right, number one, the first is, and this is my favorite on the list probably, is quality versus quality. Quality over quantity 
when it comes to following. As I think that, uh, you know, the social media people would call it vanity metrics. Like if you have 150,000 followers on Instagram, that might not uh, that might not translate to making $150,000 a year. But if you have a super quality following of 4,000 followers, you might be able to translate that into $200,000 a year. And I'm not kidding. I know people in that exact boat, more than one person. Uh, and why? Because they have the right people following them. And you would even be blown away by how many people in the creative world would prefer to hire somebody, to prefer to buy something from somebody who isn't well known. Like there's a lot of hipster, you know, that's the classic hipster thing. Like they want to be in on something that the whole world's not. And so sometimes quantity of following can actually work against you. I'm not telling you to avoid growing your, your, your platform numbers. None of that, you know, I think that's dumb too. But here's what I'm saying, especially in the world of B2C, which a lot of you guys are a B2B customer, uh, blah, 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 business jargons coming at ya. <laughs> B2B, if you're business to business, if you're an illustrator working with an agency or a magazine, not directly to customer, which would be B2C, if you're a B2B, I would argue that the only thing that matters in your following is that the right people are following you, art directors, people that pay, hire people like you. And it's, uh, and it's way, way, now I will also argue that having a large following will do all kinds of things for you. And it's why I think you should be investing in your outlet and putting value out week after week in your platforms uh, for years and building that up over time because I think there are incredible benefits to a large uh, following. But I feel like that we uh, avoid building a quality following because building a quantity of following seems so out of reach and so random. And I would say that building a giant following, you know, uh, something, you know, 200,000 followers, that's very, very hard to replicate. And I would say that, um, you know, a, a percentage, a large percentage of people that can do that were in the right place at the right time. Now, uh, some people are just amazing. And if you're just amazing, you probably don't need this podcast, right? Like if you're just so incredible and living it up and crushing it, that, uh, that then you're only listening to this podcast to criticize me. Uh, okay. That's a weird way to spend your time. But if you're like the rest of us who are just trying to learn as we go and grow and, uh, and, and do our best, then I would argue that one of the reasons you need to take social media seriously and one of the reasons you should be hopeful about uh, social media is that quality of your following is just as important, if not more important than quantity. And, uh, and I think that first mindset shift should give you a little bit of hope. Number two. This comes from Gary Vaynerchuk. Some of the, uh, probably a lot of my social media uh, ideas are influenced by him. Now, go, uh, so Gary Vaynerchuk has a, a big side to what he does, which is like bravado and, uh, you know, that's using his own terms and, and motivation. Those are things that are less appealing to me. They're not things that I really partake in, but he also has books that are extremely tactical, like 100% tactics, um, jab, 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 right hook, for instance. We're going to talk about that. 
um, which is just a book of social media tactics. And then if you listen to his Q&A keynotes, um, the dude knows a lot about real tactics, real strategies, and how we are, the psychology behind how we're dealing with social media and what works there. And uh, a lot of what I know about social media and, and what's impacted my ability to grow, my, my, my following and my work there has been influenced by him. And this is one of those things. So number two is social media is the internet. And this is pretty... Uh, Pretty massive for anybody that wants to earn a living online, even whatever percentage of that, that you want to utilize the internet for your benefit in any way. If that's you as a creative person, if you want to get followers, customers, uh, sales, clients via the internet, you should probably realize that social media is the internet. Like the amount that we engage with uh, browsers these days, just purely using browsers to browse and surf is so uh, tiny and dwindling. And the, the majority of how we deal with the internet is social media and probably in the future or probably even the young kids today probably don't even think of the internet as a browser or think of social media as some kind of, I, I think part of why we don't take it seriously is that we think it is social media is about being social. We think that social media, you know, we gave it that name because it was, um, we thought it was entertainment. But in fact, you know, these apps and these platforms have become the way that we engage with each other uh, almost exclusively online. And I think that if there, there's a mindset shift here to go from social media is entertainment, it's where I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you, you should be enjoyable in these platforms, just like you would in a business meeting, you should be enjoyable. But if it is the internet, then pretty much all the chips uh, are, are on the table of social media. That's a weird analogy that doesn't make any sense, but you got what I'm saying, right? Uh, and so that's another mindset shift away from social media as some kind of thing to have fun. It's a, it's a side thing to the internet. It's su supplementary to my portfolio site. In fact, I would say your portfolio site is now one part of a greater whole of what you're doing online. Um, and, it's, and it's equal to how you deal with yourself on social media. All right. And, and if that's true, you know, back in the day, I remember, and even even now, I know that creatives get so hung up and think so deeply, and for good reason, on how they approach doing their websites and their portfolios, but then think that they shouldn't have a strategy and shouldn't overthink and shouldn't have plans for how they deal with social media. And I think that is a mistake because I think that social media is the internet, uh, in the words of Gary Vaynerchuk. All right, number three. Social media is not a lottery, it's a paycheck. And uh, let's just say that you were trying to make 50 grand this year and I asked you what your plan to do that was and your plan was, well, I got a job, I uh, showed up once or twice that month, ended up getting fired from that job, then I bought a bunch of lottery tickets, none of those panned out. Uh, and you know, right now I don't really have a strategy, but yeah, that's my, that's what I'm doing. That's how most people I know deal with social media. And yet 
they want to have you know, 50,000 followers or they want to have a massive return at the end of the year. And I think the reason why that is, is I think that we are aware that these giant, crazy successes online, these, these, uh, you know, these Cinderella moments, they are due to, uh, these weird things that happen, like this person gets featured by Instagram and they go from, you know, 7,000 followers to, uh, 200,000 followers in like three weeks, right? And so if you're doing that, the way you're going to deal with social media is buying lottery tickets. Is you're going to be randomly throwing things out into the void, hoping that somehow you picked the right numbers and the gods are going to shine upon you. And I think that this actually stops you from doing systematic uh efforts over time and earning a paycheck. So instead of thinking about how can I pick the right numbers to get 100,000 followers in a week, rather than that, think how can I invest little drops of the right kind of thing over the next 52 weeks and go from 300 followers to 7,000. And I think if you will think of it more like earning a paycheck, more like showing up week after week, delivering value, delivering the right kind of things with the right kind of strategy, that you will make significant, meaningful progress. That doesn't mean being internet famous, but it does translate to actually earning a living as a creative. And so I would shift your thinking from... Uh, f- from uh, blah, blah, blah. Earning, <laughs> earning a, uh, I would shift it from it's a lottery to earning a paycheck. And on that note, we'll uh, take a little break and get to the next numbers. All right, we got four more. Number four is it's about, people think that it's about them and not about, <laughs> they think it's about themselves and not about their audience. They think that people follow you because they think you're amazing, because they're fans of you. But even fans on the basic level follow the thing that they follow because of what it says and does for them. Not as worshipers, not as somebody whose purpose is to glorify the thing they're a fan of. They follow this thing or they're a fan of this thing or this person because of what it does to their identity or the value that they get from those people. And I think one of the things that ends up happening is if you think that your platform, if you think your, uh, uh, you know, your social media account exists to glorify you and to see who will gather around to worship you, you will not have an interesting feed and you will not be doing things that help grow your following because if you can, because you have to switch your mindset into realizing that it's not about you. It's about them. It's about what do they get from being a fan or a follower of you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when we talk about the how to actually go about doing this. But I think it starts with a mindset of switching and realizing that your page is not an altar, a shrine 
to your greatness. It's ultimately about the greatness of your audience. It's about what they get from it. It's the uh, it's what you provide them, even if it's living vicariously through your awesome life, whatever the, you know. Maybe you're that kind of account. Um, even so, it's still about them living vicariously through you, and not actually about you. And I think the more clarity around this you can get, the more you can deliver the kind of value that they're actually there to see. And actually, it changes your mindset from a, from a take to a give. And you become a servant of them uh, they, uh, rather than somebody who is worshipped by them. And I think if you can grasp that, you will be more successful on the platform. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into the how. But I think first you got to have that mindset shift. Number five, and I'm getting very excited right now about social media. Um, I, I am excited about social media. I feel like there's so much negativity and uh, uh, apathy around you know what works, what doesn't work. The algorithm's getting me down, man. Like that's the new man is the Instagram algorithm. Um, and actually, I think it's all just part of the game. It's all just part of uh, what we're doing. And there's actually, it's such an amazing time to be alive. And these tools actually mean that lots of creative people can thrive all in all different places in the world uh, in ways they could never thrive before if they'll employ the right strategies. And uh, man, that does get me fired up. So I hope you're getting some of that through this uh, audio message. I hope you're. I hope that pep is transferring into your ears and and throughout coursing through your uh, glands. That's one of my least favorite words. Um, <laughs> all right, number five. Don't invest in platforms because they're all going to disappear anyway. That's another myth. I actually think that, you know, like when phone companies were invented or uh, uh, whatever, TV channels, whatever, whatever, what have you. Let me tell you this. We lived through the invention of social media. And because of that, there was some turnover pretty quickly. You know, Friendster gave way to MySpace, gave way to Facebook. Uh, you know, we, we see platforms, we've seen them come and go. Uh, and I think that because we've lived through that, we think that that's going to be the norm. But let me tell you this, AT&T is still around. And they've adapted and evolved over time. And yes, some companies have come and gone. But once these giant platforms are established, I think that they're going to stay around longer than we expect them to. And I think actually it's just like the founding of this country. And I think we're about at the Mississippi line of exploration and in, in the, the length of time that these things are going to be established, meaning that I think that there's this whole wild west to be had. And by that, I mean that it's early days in these giant platforms like Facebook and Instagram and give or take Twitter. Uh, and I think that we're still only barely getting uh, into where these things are going to go. And therefore, the getting is still good. And if you will invest systematically and create a little mustard seed of a following, that it could have implications for you over the next 60 years. And uh, I think one of the things that happens is because we saw Friendster 
I didn't even know what Friendster was, but I like the word, give way to MySpace, give way to Facebook, and we see all this change over this short period of time, we assume that's going to be how it always is, when in fact, anytime any industry uh, is birthed, it's going to have a lot of quick changes followed by some big players that kind of create a little bit of a monopoly around a thing. And they're around for a long time. And therefore, if we're just at the Mississippi line of the growth of social media, we have this, you know, we might have another 60 years of Instagram. I know that sounds crazy. Maybe it is crazy. Maybe we only have 10. Maybe we only have 15. But even if we have 10, if you will put in the time over the next three years to create that little uh, mustard seed of a following, you're going to benefit from that for the next 10 years. And even if not... Every follower you get, every uh, investment that you make can translate into the next thing if it's on these established platforms. And uh, I think this like this idea that they're going to come and go and disappear and rise and fall overnight with no expectation um, and, and no uh, foreshadowing leads to apathy, leads to n- not investing. And I think uh, if we'll change our mindsets and see that we're probably investing in things that are going to be around for quite some time. If you look at Facebook, the way that they evolve and ebb and flow with technology, like by the time we got computers in our eye sockets, I think we'll still be doing Facebook for better or for worse. And so so I, I think if you can shift your mindset around that, you will feel more apt to invest in something that is possibly going to last for quite a bit of time. Okay. Woo. Number seven, build it and they will come. Uh, all right. So build it and they will come. Here's what I think that's all about. Uh, I think that, you know, the content marketing game, we've talked about that plenty. It's, you know, something I like to harp on about. I think there's a lot of really good stuff there, but basically it's just saying, um, thinking that it's all about if you've got good work and you're posting it on social media, then everything else will work out 100%. Now, I think that that is the most essential component. I think putting out valuable content that people actually want to follow and engage with is number one on the list, but it's not the only thing on the list. And if you make the most amazing food in the world and you're out in the middle of nowhere and nobody knows about it, word of mouth is not going to save your business. You And actually, I think there's so many creative people that had the most amazing paintings, the most amazing music, and only it was only ever enjoyed by people after they died. And I think that that's a product of this myth of if you build it, they will come. If you make good stuff, everything else will sort itself out. No, I don't think that's right. And I think because that's not right, you should start birthing ideas on how to get around, uh, you know, setting up your shop within a movement, setting your shop up within uh, a place on the river where people already congregate, which means getting people on your feed, getting on other people's feed, collaborating, having crossover, having strategies, long-term strategies, because just getting on, you you could be featured by uh, Target. You could be featured by, uh, you know, an artist. You could do a collaboration with an artist that has 300,000 followers. It might only earn you 15, 20, 30, 50 followers that day. 
And so it's not about a one-time lottery play. It's about a long-term strategy of earning that paycheck of how are you going to systematically over time, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a, whatever it is, how are you going to systematically show up on other people's feeds and get the word out there and get them on your feed and get this, uh, getting a community and a, a congregation around this stuff that you're making rather than being out in the wilderness, making the me- best food ever that, uh, you know, maybe the, the word on the street of how good your food is might spread throughout the land over 200 years, but you'll be long gone by then. And uh, that's why you can't just do the, you know, build it and they will come strategy. All right. One more myth. This is all setting up our minds to be fertile lands for new growth and elevation of consciousness so that we're no longer treating social media like some weird God that we have to sacrifice things to and win the lottery. If we can get all of these mindsets right, I believe that change in our belief will lead to a change in action that will change uh, change our results. final point for the day is number eight. And what is number eight, you ask? Number eight is think of, uh, this is a Vaynerchuk thing, dudes. Okay, I know. Get you. I feel you. A lot of you guys out there, me included, we're sensitive folk. We're thoughtful folk. We don't like when someone has the bravado, the sportsmanship of someone like Gary Vee. I get it. I used to be like you. I feel you. I get it, man. But I tell you what, this guy, he knows things. He, ta- he does all kinds of other types of things. But when it comes to social media tactics and strategy, he knows his stuff. And uh, that's why he gets the respect of so many people in the industry. Yeah, like some people don't like his method uh, or of delivery, but he knows. He knows what he's talking about. This is one of his things, and it's, it's a game changer for me, and I'm passing it on to you. And it's this. Uh, think of social media not like a billboard, but like a distribution channel. Think of it as a publisher or think of it as a, a TV channel, like, a t- like a ABC, NBC, BBC, all these C's, these think about Twitter and Instagram as a channel to deliver your goods and anybody that's, that is what's that is what is so miraculous about social media is that it gives a platform and a channel to anybody. And if they make good stuff and they deliver the goods on that channel, they can rise to the ranks and have influence like these crazy TV channels from back in the day with all these gatekeepers. And here's the power of it, my friend. The power is, dude, I find myself thinking this all the time. Oh, man, I really want to make a book. I want to make a book. I love making books. Okay, I love publishing. I love all that jazz. I'm for it. I'm pro print. But the impact that I can have via podcast, the impact I can have on my Instagram is exactly the same. And if you get all caught up in the romance of a book or a romance of having a gallery and you misunderstand and think that Instagram is there to deliver, to, put, to be a billboard for your book. 
you are not using it to the best ability. I am pro being an Instagram artist. I'm all about it. I could That could be the channel in which I use as a medium to get my message out there. And I think if you're just using social media as a way to tell people about your thing instead of making it your thing, you are not getting the most out of it. So instead of thinking it, of it as a way to tell people about your show, uh, you know, as a billboard, like if you have a TV show and you think that Instagram is your billboard to tell people about your show, instead of thinking that, think this is where they watch my show. This is how I get my show out there. This is the distribution channel. Does that make sense to you? It changes how you use it. It changes because it means that you're not so worried about wasting time and energy investing in the work that you do just for social media. Just for social media is a problem all on its own if you say it that way. If you think, about, oh, it's just for, I made it just for Instagram. How cheap is that? No, that's probably the most relevant thing you could be doing right now. Um, and, uh, and probably the most valuable thing you could be doing right now to be frank, uh, to be frank for a minute. All right, that's it. Next up, we're going to talk about take all this new jazz. This whole mindset thing is basically to take you and say, I know that you have apathy about uh, social media. You have this disconnect. You have this thing that says, nothing I do really pays off. I don't really know if it matters, like all that. And I'm supercharging you and saying, look, I don't know how to get you a million followers overnight. I don't know how to have some dramatic you know, crazy, I don't have any secret and I don't think there are any secrets. Anybody that's telling you there is, go check their following. If they're following the exact same amount of people that are is following them, that's the only strategy they know and it's not that great of a strategy, I can tell you that. Or they bought some, how about that? Bought some followers. I don't know any secrets of how to hack it overnight, but what I do know is that social media works very similar to earning a paycheck, very similar to saving for college, investing. The more you invest over time, it will compound with interest and you will get results. And that's what this whole episode is about, is changing the way that you think about social media so that you believe that your efforts will pay off because they will if you go about it the right way and you work at it over time and it will be a worthy pursuit. And over time, you will create um, something that is beneficial for your career. And so my, I'm, we're going to talk about the strategy of like, okay, now we're on board. We're ready to take a strategy and do it. Uh, here's my last thing I'm going to say about that before we get into the how section is the triple double strategy. Okay. Woo. I'm getting so excited about social media right now. Um, <laughs> I'm ashamed of it and I'm not because I'm, this is my, I'm my soapbox. I, I want you guys to take social media seriously because I think it can have a big payoff. Um, the triple-double strategy. And it means, instead of thinking, how can I get 100,000 Twitter followers this year? Or uh, whatever platform, choose your platform that's most relevant to, to what you do. Instead of thinking, how can I be one of the biggest game players? How can I be an influ giant influencer, internet celebrity this year, or this month, or this week? Instead of looking for those strategies, here's what I want you to do. Because going back to, you know, it's more about quality of your following than quantity. Uh, going back to that, let's not think about going up to being the biggest influencers uh, on any given platform. Because I think that's a, a vanity metric that's going to get you in trouble. What I'm looking for is what are the authentic metrics? What are the things that when you achieve them, they will have a real impact on your everyday life? Those are the kinds of aspirations that you should be looking for. 
uh, instead of just chasing these random vanity metrics. Like who wouldn't want 200,000 followers on a platform, right? In, but unless that impacts your daily life, it's a vanity metric. And so here's what I'm saying. If you've got, oh guys, we're going to do some math here. As soon as I start talking about numbers, I get afraid because I'm dumb when it comes to numbers. But let's say you've got 150 uh, followers and you want, your goal uh, is to get up to, um, here, here's what I think you should do. Think about doubling your following every year for three years and where that gets you. If you go from 150 this year to a year from now, 300, year from then, 600, a year from there, 1,200. If you have 1,200 followers on a platform, that is a mustard seed. That, and if they are the right types of followers, you can build a career on that. I've seen it done. I know people with 4,000 followers that earn twice as much money as I do doing creative things because the people that follow them are the people that buy their products and they spend a lot of money. But here's my point, is that doubling your following this year is a massive goal. And if you achieve it, it will be easier to double it again because the more people you have, the more potential you have for it to spread. It has that compounding interest thing. So if you, go, if you start with 150, you go to 300 next year, you're more likely to go to 600 the year after that and 1200 the year after that. And 1200 is nothing to shake a stick at. And if these friggin' platforms stick around as long as I think they're going to, which is, you know, five, 10 years, maybe even longer, putting in the time and effort now before everything has been, all the, the you know, land grab has happened, it will set you up for a, uh, a, a, a better future. And so, and let's say you got 1,200, you ready for more math? More numbers coming your way. You got 1,200, next year you got 2,400. Year after that, you got 4,800. Year after that, you got 9,600. This is a sustainable growth plan that I think can motivate you because it's realistic, but also because if you go from 1,200 to 9,600 in three years, you will feel the effect of that growth. You'll be getting more jobs, you'll have more customers, you'll have more sales. And it's, it's realistic. And this is the way that I've grown my social media. I haven't grown it through any lottery winning, any, uh, anything, any secret hack, no buying people, none of that jazz. Like all of it has been slow but steady growth. And where I'm at now is an amazing place. It serves my creative career very sufficiently. And so we're going to try the triple doubles challenge, which means uh, in three years, every, every year we'll double our following. Uh, for three years and that will put anybody in an interesting place that they're not in now that's completely doable and Andy let's tell them how we're gonna do it next all right so this is just a quick strategy of what I would do if I were you trying to build your following on whatever platform and we'll solidify just pick one platform that you think is the most relevant to you if you're a comedian it might be Twitter uh, if you are a illustrator, it might be Instagram. If you are a designer, it might be Dribble. If you are a, I could just do this all day and night, but let's not. If, if you're a musician, it could be SoundCloud, right? Um, pick your poison, uh, gentle women and gentle men, uh, and 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 let's make a plan. All right, here's my plan. First thing you got to do uh, is ask yourself, what do people want from people like me on these platforms? Because it's, remember, it's not about you, it's about them. Even if they're there because they think you're cool, 
they follow you to be associated with cool people or to collect cool things so that it has something to do with their identity, not yours. And so, uh, here you got to do it. We, we've talked about this on, on other episodes in the past. Um, I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but uh, I'll give you a little crash course. Basically, there's, there's essentially at least five types of value that people can uh, get. Um, and it's either feel, learn, defend, collect, or bond. And everything that we buy and everything that we purchase and everything that has value is speaking to one of these things. And your art is the same. So feel. Do, do you make people feel things? Do you make people laugh? Do you make people cry? Do you delight people? Maybe, maybe they don't laugh, but they just think, huh, that's kind of nice. Like a lot of people on Instagram, that's what they trade in. And if you can deliver the value of feeling something every day or every week, they will give you space on their feed if you deliver that feeling. People will pay to be filled. <laughs> Golly. Woo. That's not what I'm going to say. People will pay to feel things. It still sounds weird, but that's the way. You know, you go to movies to feel stuff, right? If you can make someone feel something with your feed, and that's what people want from people like you on the platform form that you're on, you can know that and you can do a better job of commanding and delivering that, okay? Then maybe you want to learn. Maybe what your art does is help people, te you, you teach people things. You, you know, you tell them facts, you deliver information, you, you grow their mindset, whatever that could be. Um, Defend. Maybe you're a protest artist. You help people defend what they love. You help them uh, defend what they have. Like I would say, art isn't always the best to deliver this value, but it can be done. Another one is to collect. Maybe you're speaking to their need to collect. Pinterest is a virtual collecting system. How crazy is that? Like people, and this is you know probably hurt sales. I don't remember who said this. I heard this from somebody, but it's but I think it's true. Is that you know poster sales probably dipped when Pinterest came because you could collect them digitally without without ever having to pay for them, and people collect and curate these Pinterest feeds. And part of it is humans have this desire to collect, and it's a form of value. And so lots of people collect artists in their fo uh, they follow artists. Uh, and they collect them on their feed, and it says something about who they are as a person. It's like a reflection of how they want to be. So maybe you're the type of artist where you're just delivering this really beautiful curated content of your studio and your art and your travels and who you are, and there's something about them living vicariously through you or uh, or collecting you on their feed that speaks to them. And even in that indirect way, you could do a better job of delivering that content if you were aware of the type of value that people were taking from it. And last but not least, bonding. That's another form of value. We bond over things. We bond, you know, I think one of the best ways that we see this in creativity is like fan art um, or even like pop culture references. Um, maybe what you do is you bond or cat people, whatever it is. Are you speaking to the value of bonding? Um, and you can up the ante in that. First thing you got to do is just understand what type of value are you delivering to these people so that you can do it more intentionally? Um, second, create a strategy around it. You know, maybe it's a project, maybe it's an album, maybe it's a uh, whatever it is, a longer term, like six month strategy that says, this is how I'm going to deliver the delight. This is how I'm going to deliver the learning. This is how I'm going to deliver this value week after week. Uh, and then I'd take a few weeks after that. Number three, I'd take a few weeks 
to test out my hypotheses. I would try all these, you know, maybe you think, I don't know if I want to deliver humor or deliver sadness or if I can deliver both in the same project, whatever it is. Boy, I'm talking fast. I'm just in the zone, baby. Uh, whatever it is, uh, test it out for a few weeks before you commit to the longer strategy. Uh, and then number five is measure the results. Before you get started on this bad baby, you better write down how many likes and, and comments you're getting on the stuff, how many, uh, how, how many followers you have, and measure this bad baby so you can see the power of this intention in this process. And that way, you can do the last step, which is pivot or press on. We're going to talk about that idea more in the future on the next series, but this is a little sneak peek. Basically, after you get through this strategy that you plan, you're going to look back to how effective it was, if it was as effective as you hoped or more effective, um, what, what you thought the good things and the bad things were. You do have to commit for a period of time to gather enough data to know whether it's really relevant. But um, after that time, you go back to where you started, how many followers it helped you get, how effective it was. And the last thing I'm going to say about this, babies, is, uh, is don't forget to build in some kind of social component with this. Any way, whatever idea you come up with, any way that you can incorporate other people from these platforms is a plus. Whether that's tag a friend to win a jib jab, if it's uh, if it's some kind of collaborative thing with people on these platforms that have maybe even just a similar following as yours. It doesn't have to be with the giant influencers. Um, maybe it's this thing, you know, I've seen an illustrator on there on Instagram do a thing where they were taking people's Instagram photos and drawing, um, drawing uh, portraits of them and adding kind of fantastical elements, but it was involving other people. And that means that you're not just doing the build it and, and, uh, and they'll come kind of thing, but you're actually getting it out of your little neck of the woods and into this various movement. And you should be strategic about connecting with people that are congregating where you want to thrive. Whoo, babies. That's what I would do. And that is what I would do. Get on it. I want you to use this episode to convince yourself that your efforts, your strategies will not go unnoticed. They will not be in vain. If you play your cards right and you set it up intentionally, you can earn the social media paycheck. There's no guarantee of hitting the social media lottery with this tactic. Along the way, you may roll the dice and at some point pull that slot machine and uh, and get those million followers you always dreamed of and be happy, you know, like all the people that have that are. Um, <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, let's take the turtle's pace and get moving because in three years, you will not be disappointed if you've been doing the triple-double strategy um, and you've just slowly doubled your following over and over for three years. You'll be glad that you worked at it. You'll be glad you put the time in because guess what, guys? Social media is the internet. And if you want to earn a living on the internet, you better get good at it. Guys, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about... <laughs> What's a weird noise to start this part off with? But I want to tell you guys something. I got to tell you something about something really perva pervasively dangerous out there. It's killing more people 
than maybe anything else. And I think that maybe we just got to get rid of it. And it, and I'll tell you what it is. It's food. Do you know how many people are dying because of food right now? And I just mean like, I'm not even talking about food that's gone off. I'm talking about just eating too much food or not eating the right types of food. Like food is killing people everywhere every day. I think maybe more than anything. But nobody suggests that we just throw food out, right? Uh, because, you know, and even someone who struggles with, like, I love food so much. Like, you know, I've been on a diet for a few years, got my food situation, you know, uh, uh, into a healthier place. But, man, I can eat, baby, and I love some food. And I'm always kind of jealous of alcoholics uh, and, and, and uh, drug users. <laughs> Not a lot of people are jealous of the people that have these problems, jealous of them for those problems because they can just do abstinence. They don't have to, they can just be like, all right, I'm not going to drink. I have a problem with drinking. I just won't drink anymore completely. You can't do that with food, man. You can't do that with food. And I would say, if you want to have a creative career online, you can't be social media anorexic. You can't just go off of it completely just because it's dangerous. Just because it's, it is a dark art. It's, it's hard to play with, man. Just like food though, baby. And food's fantastic. And you can't stop eating. And so this episode is to encourage you into, if you're in a place where you're apathetic or you're abstaining from social media because it hurts you, it messes with your mind, I'm trying to help encourage you into a healthier place because I think if you're going to have a career that depends on internet sales of any kind, I think you got to get back into the game, baby. And you can't just go completely abstinent with, with social media. And, uh, and this episode is about encouraging you to get back in there, believe that you can, uh, have some, that you can really, you, I don't think that you can guarantee that you're going to go viral. If you do the right things, I don't think you can guarantee hitting the social media lottery and being one of the top influencers. I think that all of that is pretty much out of your hands. But what I do think is if you put in the time and energy, you can slowly, but surely get to a place that will really serve your creativity. And I don't think it's an option for those of us that want to earn our living through online means. Um, and so, yeah, I know it's dangerous. It can be tricky. Like I, I'm the first to admit that, um, that, you know, even now when I'm doing really, I'm, ha I couldn't be happier with where I'm at. Uh, and I know I'm not trying to brag. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying that, you know, I'm very grateful. I'm very excited about the place I am in my creative career right now. And even I can find myself just even subconsciously, you know, seeing a, a friend of mine who's just crushing me on the, with their social media following and going to this place subconsciously of saying, man, I must not really be good. Like I must not, I must be kind of doing the wrong thing. I must not have really found my gift or I must, I must really not be talented because they're just like, they've got like uh, 85 times the following that I do. And uh, I want to also, I want to end with this message that uh, to just encourage you that, that says your worth as a creative and your worth as a person should never be measured by your social media presence and following. Like they are not the same thing. And I'll just say it one more time. Your worth as a creative is not determined by or really measured by your social media following or presence. 
And I don't want you to leave this episode feeling like that because I think wrapping up your worth and your identity with how you're performing on these platforms at any given moment is going to really hurt your ability to make any progress. And I did an episode back in the day uh, that has actually not online anymore. It's actually, if you sign up to the newsletter from Creative Pep Talk, you can get the first 100 episodes free. And episode 71 is about the fixed mindset. And if you think that your identity and your worth is determined by where you are on the ladder of social media today, it will hurt your ability to grow because you have the fixed mindset and everything you do is trying to prove yourself rather than realizing that all of your little efforts will eventually make a difference. And I think if you can get away from these vanity metrics and go onto social media, social media in a way and, and get metrics that actually mean something to you, you know, a quality following over a quantity following, following, uh, Those kinds of things that I think you can make progress and you don't have to wrap your whole creative identity in how many followers you have on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Um, All of us have been in that place where, you know, either people were being really friendly to us and they found out how, how many followers we had and then started treating us like garbage, like we weren't anything because we have such a low following or the, or the opposite. You know, as I've gone further in my career, there've been times where people weren't giving me the time of day until they realized that I had 20,000 followers on Instagram. And then they're like, Oh, I guess he's kind of a game player. Nobody wants to have their worth determined by a number on an app. And it's unfair and you should not wrap your identity around that thing. And if you do, it'll actually hurt your ability to grow and, and, and make progress and, and build into that thing. So if you've been hurt by social media, if it's, if it's harmed you, if you found it to be dangerous, I encourage you to put it in its right place. Get your right mindset with all of these, you know, checking all these myths that we went through today and, uh, and and jump back into the water and uh, slowly but surely work yourself into a place where it's serving you and you're not serving it. Um, All right. So thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, If you are a massive fan of Creative Pep Talk and it's had an impact on your creative journey in any way, there are a few ways that you can support the show. You can review the show on iTunes. That really helps. Uh, It helps more people find it. And you can back the podcast with your money, money, at patreon.com slash creative pep talk if you want to give that way. Uh, You can get some creative pep talk merch for some of that money and kind of have like a give take thing. That's totally fine at creativepeptalk.com slash shop. We got some new pins up there. We got all kinds of new jazz. Uh, The calendar's about sold out. So um, if you were hoping to get on that train, you should get on it now or forever hold your peace. Is that the term? Uh, Also, you can get access to the first 100 episodes by signing up to the newsletter on creativepeptalk.com. Thank you all, and thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for the other tunes. You can hear Metavari on soundcloud.com slash Metavari or on Spotify, M-E-T-A-V-A-R-I. Uh, thanks to Alex Sugg and all for all the other music and for editing this thing so beautifully every single week. We love you, my friend. Um, part of the Creative Pep Talk team. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Thanks for getting pepped and jazzed and stoked and psyched every single week. My job, I believe my job is come up, come in every week 
and give you a jolt that gets you investing in your journey for another week. And when you're running on E, you come back next week and I help you get that jolt all over again until slowly but surely you invest enough weeks into this bad boy to get where you want to go to get that sweet spot. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do. Thanks for being a part of it. Until we, until you're running on E again, stay pepped up. Mm-hmm.